This is Channel Attitude. Your voice. Your right. Your freedom. That's right. It is all of those things. We are many things as well. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ, the interactive video show where you can chill with us each episode. All you're going to do is be a subscriber on channelattitude.com, less than a dollar a week. I'll send you a link every week when we record the show. <clears throat> Excuse me. You'll be able to join us here on StreamYard, chill in the private chat, just be on audio, be on video, smoke, ask questions, participate in the show, whatever we got going on, all of that cool shit, only less than a dollar a week at channelattitude.com. This is officially episode 61 slash 18, 61 overall, 18 for channelattitude.com. You can see the Twitter and the Instagram and Shelly SJ Smokeout, which has all links as well. Shelly SJ Smokeout.com. That is, I'm Sterner Jesus. She is Shelly Martinez. And we are the Shelly and SJ of uh, Smokeout with Shelly and SJ. In case you didn't get it, I want to beat you over the head with it. It's pretty self-explanatory, but here we are. How are you doing this week, Shelly? Oh, it's been, I know it's only Wednesday, but it feels like it's next Monday. <laughs> That's for darn sure. Um, I don't know. I got a lot of things I like to get off my chest this this episode. So uh, I guess we'll get into it when we get into it. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, I do want to follow up on something last week before we get into uh, other stuff. We we're talking last week about Renee Dupree and um, came up in the context of us doing a, a F. Mary Kill um, wrestling edition here in future episodes. We have that to look forward to. It's going to be very, very popular, I'm sure, to see uh, who Shelly wants to F. Mary and kill. As we pointed out last week, uh, Rene Dupree will be among the list. I'm sure that he will die a very horrific death. Um, this is why we're gonna, I'm gonna play the video here that Shelly sent me last week. The link, <clears throat> damn, excuse me. Basically, they were playing Rene Dupree, I guess, has a podcast called Cafe de Rene, which is kind of a stupid name, but whatever. I'm not here to critique his podcast, we're here to critique, critique him being an asshole. Um, they asked him about F. Mary Kill, like past divas or whatever in wrestling. And just to, just to preface this, normally when you do F. Mary Kill, when, when we do it, you get three suggestions. You get three choices to F. Mary and Kill. He didn't get any choices. So he's picking from every single female wrestler he knows of. And what he came up with is... Uh, well, we'll just we'll play it. We like I said, we talked about it last week, but here's the actual video proof. When you see there, Shelly's in the thumbnail, and you see she's prominently positioned with Kill right here. So, spoiler alert: something's going to something bad's going to happen to Shelly. Let's check it out. We can't do this. Uh, Renee spotted it. I thought I was the pervert on the podcast. Uh, Dog Double O Six. F Mary Kill game for current or past divas. Um, okay, I'll start. I don't know what that means. First of all, he wants to start. Like he's like he's jumping in. I'm I'm going right now. I already have the names in mind. Mary fucking kill. Fornicate, kill or marry. Okay, so I'll start. I would kill Shelly Martinez in a heartbeat. I would marry Molly Holly in a heartbeat. And I would fornicate Tori Wilson. <clears throat> he was so well, well prepared with him answers. He's been thinking about it for a while. 
<laughs> well, Cody, he, sorry, that was the first I wanted to do that when I met her. He's the one that typed in the question. <laughs> I did myself. Thank you, P Dog 006. Yeah, I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass on that one. Okay. They made two dollars and sixty-nine cents for that as well. So, yeah, since he met you in a heartbeat, direct quotes. I will say this. I did misquote him last week on the show. And the reason why I think I misquoted him is because the energy behind his answer was what I quoted, what I remember, because I only had seen it once. Right. Um, this showcases, for those of you that watched last week's show, make sure to go watch. Watch last week's show. It was a good one. But um, what made me even see that video was I love Paul London. I always have, I've known him from like way before WWE days. And this is an example why I love Paul London. He doesn't want to participate <laughs> in this game. Like, so there's that positive vibes to Paul London. Um, it's crazy because again, going back to last week's show, I know that Renee Dupree and I aren't BFF by any means, but for the life of me, I cannot think of what happened to where he would have that kind of energy towards me. And um, what's interesting is back when ECW was just touring by ourselves before we teamed up with SmackDown on our house shows, I rode with just Renee, like it was just me and Renee and he ended up giving me a Captain Spaulding shirt that I kept for a really long time because it was like I'd never seen it anywhere else. So the dude, let's just say for um, entertainment's sake, gave me the shirt off his back. <laughs> and years later, uh, I was dating this wrestler and he would help other companies book talent. And he was like, dude, what's up with the uh, heat between you and Renee Dupree? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, he asked me uh, what girls to suggest for a show in Canada. And he said, but not Shelly, because he knew that we were dating. So then that's when I like threw the shirt away. Um, Should have sold it because I could have got at least some money off of it. <laughs> but I threw it away because I was like, at that time, it was hard uh, for me financially. So if I were to get a gig in Canada, that would have really helped me out. So the fact that like, anyway, no, it's not Shelly, not Shelly. It's like, so now you're effing with my money. Okay. That's cool. And that's fine. Like, I'm sure it had to do with, I think his family, like his dad or somebody like that has a promotion. So fair enough. If you don't like me and you don't want me on your show, that's fine. But that's why I didn't want the shirt anymore. Cause I was like this dude, whatever. And I never gave it a second thought. And so when people were hitting me up in the last few months saying, oh, you should do his podcast, you should do his podcast, I didn't realize he had a podcast. And I actually like the name, the Cafe uh, <laughs> Renee or whatever. Um, I thought it was cute. And the reason why I went to tune into his podcast was because I saw all over Twitter that Paul London had been a guest on it many times. So I was like, I'd love to hear what Paul London has to say. And then I watched um, a couple episodes that Paul London was in. And then so I was like, oh, let me see what else he has going on. Like, 
whatever. And that's when I saw the thumbnail and I was like, wait a second, what, <laughs> what's this? And then I saw it and it's so funny because I didn't say anything to anyone. I kept it to myself and it seemed around the time I saw that video, fans would write me saying like, Oh, you and Renee, even though I know there's, there's something, you know, bad vibes or whatever between you, you should go on his podcast. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go on his podcast. <laughs> like, you <laughs> like, and so I'm very confused on why, like, it's one thing if you don't like somebody, they rub you the wrong way, whatever, but the energy behind how he was just like, it all kill Shelly Martinez in a heartbeat and then follows it up with, um, he wanted to do that since the first day he met me. Like, then why did you give me that shirt? Like, why did you say yes when I needed somebody to travel with? Like, why? If that's the case, then why? And then it's like, well, is it because of I get in trouble for my mouth and maybe he's buddies with some of the people I talk about? Like, so? Like, <laughs> it just was, it'd be one thing if the, it was like, well, if I had to, then I guess I'd kill Shelly. But it was like so aggressive. Yeah. Like, what happened? Like I said, there were, he had no, they didn't give him choices. So he had every female wrestler ever to pick from. You were the first name immediately. First of all, he jumped at the question. He's like, yeah, I'm going to answer that question. And he had you locked and loaded to go first name out of the box. And I've been so um, tempted since I saw that video to hit up somebody that I was very close to at the time. I don't talk to anymore. Um, and that's why I haven't done it yet. Cause I don't feel like, I don't want to seem gossipy because I don't want to be part of that energy either, but I feel this person would definitely know if I blocked it out or something like that. Cause here's the thing. When I did that WSI uh, shoot interview, and then I openly say there's certain things I don't remember, people kind of gave me a hard time about it. Say, oh, she just conveniently doesn't remember. And it's like, dude, first of all, I was in wrestling for 17 years. That's a long ass time. Maybe not as long as some, but it's longer than some others too. And I don't realize, I don't think people realize that when you have a traumatic experience, or you're in a really bad time in your life, you're going to block things out. That's just it. Like it sucks because I'm the type of person that when suppressed memories do come to me, even though they may be super unpleasant, I rather remember the good, bad, and the ugly so that I can understand myself and the decisions I've made, especially the poor decisions and things like that. So I don't like the fact that I have blocked things out. So I don't know if something happened between Renee and I where I blocked it out, but I'm super, super curious because even though he's like not someone I even think twice about before all of this, like I'm not even here to say, like if I'm that WSI uh, shoot video, if they were like, so what do you think of Renee Dupree? I would have said, well, I don't really know him that well, but we, he drove with me that one time. He gave me that shirt, whatever. The only thing I have to say bad about him is that he said not to book me. You know, like, I'm not up for bat to be in Canada, like whatever. So like, it's just confusing to me. 
And I just was like laughing when you tagged him on Twitter. <laughs> and what's funny is I realized I blocked him. I unblocked him since then, but I realized I blocked him because there was a time people kept bringing him up to me after I saw that video. And I was like, I just want no part of this. Yeah. I, uh, he hasn't been on Twitter since September 30th. The episode and stuff was after that. And the tag was after that. Uh, I wish I referred to him as an asshole. So hopefully it gets a reaction. Now, I was going to say the, the broadcaster in me is very curious as to his, his story that got him to the point where he's like, he has like vitriolic, like dislike for you for some reason. It's got to be a good story at the very least. <laughs> I should hope so. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Because like I said, the only thing I can think of is like when I think of him, aside from that don't book Shelly or anyone but Shelly, um, for Canada, it's like I don't really think twice about the dude. And it's not a knock on him. Like it's just – that I don't have that much experience with him personally. And I remember we had like long talks on that road trip that we took together. Um, I don't recall him like coming on to me or anything like that. So it's nothing like that. Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's strange to me, but maybe it's not strange to him. Maybe because he wasn't, in my shoes, when I've known him personally, he remembers something. Maybe I was a bitch to him and I don't remember. I don't know. But there's two sides to every story. But as far as I'm concerned, like, I just can't think of what it is. Hopefully. He'll also be tagged, obviously, when this episode. <laughs> and just because he hasn't tweeted doesn't mean he's not on Twitter, by the way. That's right. Maybe lurking to see. Like I said, I'm hoping for a reaction. That's the whole point. See what uh, I said. I would like to know what he thinks. <laughs> like I said, it's got to be great. Even if it's wrong or even if he's overreacting, I mean, I'm sure it's still a hell of a story. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> we'll see when he surfaces on Twitter again. Um, also continuing a discussion we've had on the show the last several weeks, the Musters movie. Um, Shelly recently tweeted out about watching the Musters movie. All I saw was the tweet is that you were planning on doing it that night. Did you actually watch the Musters movie finally? I did. Okay. Um, um, I haven't recorded my review yet. I was supposed to do that on Monday. But um, I just have a lot of things in my personal life going on right now. And so it kind of went at the bottom of my priority list, especially because um, – Something that's at the top of my priority list, which I'm sure nobody watching can um, relate to, is I don't, I know people like, oh, you're a vampire, you're not supposed to be tan. Well, I, Brian Kendrick used to call me the tampire. So I feel my best when I'm tan. And, and so I keep saying on Sunday night, I was like, okay, I'm going to tan. And then it got late and I was like, well, I don't want to sleep in it. And then Monday came, I was like, okay, after I work out and do all my physical stuff, I'm going to tan. And then it didn't happen. And then yesterday I was like, okay, after I'm done doing all my physical activities, I'm going to tan and it didn't happen. And so here I am right now. I mean, I look not as pale on camera, but I'm pretty pale. And so that's just when I feel my best, damn it. And 
then I'm like, I'm thinking, and maybe I'm overthinking it. I think of different like things to do in the video as far as uh, my look goes. So like, I'm wondering if I need to order something to complete that look. So I haven't done it yet, but I'll give you guys a sneak peek of my review. It wasn't as bad as I thought, but I still didn't like it. I still didn't like it. I feel like if it was a movie on itself, like it was just these characters <clears throat> that are horror themed and it wasn't them trying to be the monsters, it'd be all right. But okay, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I love my homie Svenguli. Shout out to Svenguli. And he had a whole special the other a couple weekends ago on me TV. And it was him like on the road going to different or I think it was just one comic con um over in I think was it Chicago maybe, but he made different stops and one of the people in the um, episode with him was the guy who played Herman Munster. And I'm not familiar with that actor at all. He got on my nerves to no F and N in Spinguli special. <laughs> I felt like this is taking away because he's so annoying. <laughs> he came across like somebody who like, no offense, but I just want to be blunt. I'm not trying to be a bitch, but he came across as like somebody who like, when you hang out with them, you know, they have no interest in what you have to say. They're very full of themselves and they do a lot of fake nervous laughing. And that's what he was doing. And I felt like he wasn't playing off Svengooli well, which Svengooli is great at improving and uh, playing off of people like and when I say that, I mean, even playing off of people who aren't in entertainment, like fans, like when he talks to a fan, he knows how to play off of people and that. And so it just went, ran flat. And I was just like, I cannot wait for this segment to be over because he's ruining Spinguli's special right now. Like, and I'm not okay with that. So um, one of the things I'd mentioned when we were watching it, I was like, I wonder if this is the essence of what he threw into Herman Munster. And so when I watched the movie, I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know if that's how he is. Like that's how he always is. Or if he was just trying to play that vibe up because that's how he played Herman. But when I watched the movie, Herman doesn't talk like this. Like Herman Munster never talks like that. Like ever. Herman Munster talks with, confidence and when he is being a little too cocky maybe because that's part of the storyline maybe he's getting caught up and like being in show business or something like that on on the real monsters he's not talking like some little twerp with his voice like breaking apart like it's like what are you freaking peter brady like come on dude <laughs> so i'm just like and sherry moon did exactly what i thought she would if you guys go back to the episode where months ago I talked about when we knew the Munsters was going to come out, I said, I bet you Sherry Moon's going to play Millie Munster like this. <laughs> and she did. She gave me anxiety the entire time. And she's always like this. And Lily Munster, Yvonne DiCarlo, she does, she does use her hands a lot, but not in every single and 
she's not all like this. Again, she's confident. She plays off of Herman in a certain way. And just because you talk like this doesn't mean you're Lily Munster. And it's like, she gave me anxiety for real. And I was like, dude, she just reminds me of a person that's like a nervous wreck that I'm just like, after I'm done talking to them, I'm tired because they're just such a nervous wreck that they have completely drained me. Like, uh, but I was surprised that the dude that played Grandpa Munster he actually didn't get on my nerves and he did a pretty decent job, like, especially with the story and what was going on. So I'm fine with that, but hello, the whole story is about how Herman and Lily met. So you like, that's like the spotlights on you. And it's like, they suck, dude. They sucked. <laughs> but I don't feel like when I watched Tommy boy, when it was like a waste of my time, um, I will say this some positive visually. I thought it was shot really well. Very Rob Zombie, not Munster-esque, but I was okay with that. Like, it didn't take me out of it. It was their acting and their portrayal of Lily and Herman that took me out of it. And spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it and you plan to, I feel like the ending was flat. Like, they do how they meet, how they courted, uh, Herman courted Lily, how they came to 1313 Mockingbird Lane, and then it kind of ends there. I think it would have been more well-rounded if like before it finished, Lily like took a pregnancy test or something like that. And like realized that she's now pregnant with Eddie or something like that. Like, I feel like that would have made it more of a full rounded story and would have took a second. Um, I don't know why the Nosferatu character they have in there, they like gave so much screen time to, cause it gives nothing to the story. I don't know. That was weird. And if you're a true Munsters fan, you know the reason why they move to 1313 Mockingbird Lane is because Lily has a sister. And the sister, I don't think they ever say what happened to the sister, but pretty much asked her to take care of Marilyn. So it's like, I don't know why they couldn't incorporate that in there. It would have made more sense. Like, oh, now we have to go take care of Marilyn. And like, even if she was only in it for a little bit, like the last like five minutes, I think it would have been better and told the story more. But that's just me. It's a problem with reboots and remakes. It's, uh, it's always going to be compared to the original. And you don't have that, obviously, if you have an original screenplay or whatever but like you said he was a he's a fan i guess that's why he wanted to do this movie and it is what it is it sure is what it is but it was it was beautiful the different graphics the lighting i thought was really cool um like i even thought it was cute like when herman and lily when they see each other there's this like very fun house look to it like projected behind them or like hearts and they're like spinning so i thought that was really cool like again that's not something you would see on the original show but visually i thought it was really cute um but oh my god i just i said it before and i'll say it again rob zombie you know it's okay to cast other women in your lead other than your wife just saying we'll see 
maybe we'll see what the future brings. <laughs> maybe that's not possible. Maybe it's not. Maybe who knows? But I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to watch it again. <laughs> there you go. Silver lining in the uh, the whole ordeal. Um, future episodes. We got a lot of stuff coming up. One is, of course, we've talked about <clears throat> our evil bong watch along, which will be pretty epic. Um, probably a few parts episodes. Maybe a very long, long thing because the the movie itself, I guess, is a little over an hour and a half. Of course, we'll be pausing many times to critique um, or make fun of. In my case, probably one hundred percent exclusively uh, the movie itself. I will say that um, on my show, the Stoner Jesus Show, I'm in the middle of trying to pick the best Stoner movie ever. I've been putting polls up on Twitter. And uh, Evil Bong, I believe, went against <clears throat> Harold Kumar go to White Castle. And it got zero votes. Every single vote went to Harold Kumar go to White Castle. So that bodes, probably bodes well for us. <laughs> and, uh, that's going to be an interesting movie to watch along for the uh, holiday season. Yeah, so. i never seen that Harold and Kumar one either. It never interests me. That is a great movie. I mean, is it? Which is not as good, but the White Castle one, is, especially for a premise that involves them just trying to get to a White Castle. It's the whole basis for the movie. They're stoned and they went White Castle. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, I can relate. I can relate when I get a craving, especially after you're nice and medicated. And it's kind of like you can't get it out of your head and you don't care what it takes. You want that thing or eat at that certain place. So I get it. It just, I don't know. It just never appealed to me. Yeah. There is, a, I will say, the Neil Patrick Harris plays, you know, himself, quote unquote, in the movie. And it's really one of the best things in movie history, his character in that movie. <laughs> is he like a slimy jerk? Uh, he's like hardcore, like pleasure seeker. He wants pussy. He talks about we want pussy constantly. He wants drugs. He just wants to do everything. And he like ends up stealing their car at one point, and it's it's fucked up. I love Neil Patrick Harris. He's good, especially when he's being sleazy or shady. He's he does it really well. Maybe he's like that in real life. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, one of the things Shelly wanted to talk about. And uh, we referenced the um, the Girls Next Door show. Some of you may not remember it. It was back in the day. Um, if you've seen Secrets of Playboy, I've seen like five episodes of that now out of the 12. It's um, mentioned in that as well. Uh, apparently, I guess Holly and Bridget, two of the stars of Girls Next Door, are doing a podcast now. Kind of like a rewatch of the show. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, Shelley? Well, it's interesting because... I used to love the show back in the day. I was obsessed with it. Obsessed. Um, it was something that I would definitely watch a lot because during um, it's like later seasons, that's when I was in Kentucky. So it was, it, I, it made me feel like I had a piece of California with me, which was really cool. And I just really, um, at that time, I just wanted to be like them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I, I vibed with them, especially Bridget. Um, 
I loved Holly. Kendra was okay. She kind of got on my nerves sometimes. And I definitely thought I was cool when I moved back to California and I was like getting inside information about them because I knew this photographer that was all buddies with Holly's. So I'd get the gossip. And um, before Girls Next Door, I knew who Holly and Bridget were because they would do modeling gigs and I would shoot with a lot of the same people that they did this, like with pinup stuff specifically. So I would see their pictures and um, a lot of times people would tell me like, Oh, you, you need to be friends with like Bridget. You guys are like the same, which we're into a lot of the same things, like very girly, but we love spooky things and things like that. So when I got to know who her, or at least they presented on television who she was more. I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder why people thought like we could be good friends. And then not only that, when I was on the um, reality show Search for the Next Elvira, she was on it too. So then I got to actually meet her and be around her a little bit. And we had a lot of similarities. <laughs> so it was like, cool. Um, so I kind of fall, fall off of following holly for a while just because no offense this is just my own thing she is from her content she puts out very into occult type of things so i kind of steer steer away from that but i would catch her like interviews here and there and of course when she had her book down the rabbit hole i got the audio and i would that's when i was doing um Uber Eats and Postmates. So while I was doing it, I would just listen to her because she does you know, the uh, audio for it. And it was really cool because that's when like I had already had a different opinion of Hugh Hefner and Playboy because I like, I guess I've said it on our show before. I knew different girls back in the day who were a girlfriend or whatever. So I knew what went into it, the shady part, and I didn't care. I was like, I'll bleach my hair and be a girlfriend. Like I want to live there. So I knew the price and I didn't care because I just thought that would be the best bet for me. And so I was really interested in hearing Holly's story. And um, of course it was like public that her and Kendra had this like feud over it because Kendra was kind of like, Oh, you know, she's not being fully honest or she's just like twisting things around, but I don't know. I felt like she was pretty genuine in it. And so fast forward to, I guess it was like, when was it? I'm trying to remember when it was, it was in the last couple of years. Um, I started going to her YouTube channel because she started to do, um, like watch alongs with the girls next door. And so it was like my thing for a while where I would watch an episode, the episode that she was going to be talking about, uh, like one day doing cardio. And then the next day I would watch her like review on it. And so that was really cool to hear like the behind the scenes stuff. And it really helped me in the sense of like, I related to it as far as wrestling goes, because there is a lot of, misconceptions and misinterpretations and sometimes you know there's even like people behind the scenes just manipulating what they want you to think 
like the public to think of a certain person that's within their brand. So I really related to that. And at that time, I felt like her energy towards Kendra was more like, it just is what it is. I'm like, not that I'm like not bitter about it or whatever. This is just the deal. And she would even say things like, you know, I'm not trying to pick on Kendra or bag on her. This is just what was going on. And I related to that because of me saying my opinions publicly about different people who a lot of times people don't like what I have to say when it's about somebody they really like or are a fan of or a friend of. And so it really brought me a lot of healing. And so I've been watching her now for a long time with her doing that. So when her and Bridget came up with doing a podcast, I was like, oh, I'm in. Because I was always curious why Bridget seemed like she had more um, of a positive experience. She never really talked badly about Hefner or Kendra, but I knew she was like BFF with Holly. So it's like, I also can relate to that where there's people that very small few people that I'm close to that I met through wrestling and maybe they're like my one friend ACR, like she's friends with some people who have like screwed me over or I don't like for legitimate reasons, but it doesn't affect our relationship. But there's times where I'm just like, Oh, like don't you know this person's crap? Cause I'm very protective over my friends, but I really don't get into it with her because that's her choice. So then I, I've related over that as well between um, Holly and Bridget. So I was like, Ooh, I can't wait to hear Bridget's side of the story because on top of that, Kendra and Holly have been pretty open about their experiences at the mansion, but Bridget hasn't really said anything. Like she doesn't go on interviews and talk about it. She doesn't go like she's had a podcast for a long time, but it's about paranormal. So she doesn't talk about it there. So I was really like in it. And so I think they're on episode, what is it? Three now, two, three or four on their podcast. Let's see here. What is it? I don't know why it says episode 109, but whatever. So they went through before the show. And the things that were going on and how they had to deal with when Hefner had seven girlfriends at once. They were both there. And that was interesting to hear like that because they go in that and they go into detail about like what it took to like be there. The things they had to do, the in bedroom routines and everything like that. So I thought that was pretty ballsy of them to like go to that level on it. But um now they're into like today i finished up when they talked about the second episode of girls next door and them just revealing what was going on behind the scenes and how manipulated the editing was and what was really going on again i just related so much because of wrestling and then not only that but aside from wrestling they've made me rethink my whole pro podcasts that I have, which, whether it's my talking shit with my friend ACR, my Martinez girls, or my wake and bakes. Um, it's hard for me to keep up with them because I do all the editing for them. I put them all together. Stoner Jesus, you know how time consuming that can be, especially even if it's like, you're not even editing much out of the audio part, just like putting the whole presentation together. Mm -hmm. And so 
on top of it, they've inspired me. I'm like, you know what? Like I need to make some changes in my podcast and just start to rely more on trying to get advertisements and do advertisements in it and make it more simple so that like, cause I know I have good content here, especially with me and Danielle having Martinez girls radio and wake a bake for years. Like I have over a hundred episodes of each. So it's like, but they just sit there. And then unless you're on my Patreon, you don't really like, and then people on my Patreon aren't going back and listening to it. So it's like, I feel like I have this huge library of like good stuff and it's just sitting there wasting away. So I'm really grateful that I kind of fell down this whole like rabbit hole of their content because not only has it helped me as far as relating to wrestling and having some healing through it, to be honest with you, but it's also re-inspired me as a podcaster and what I can do with this library of content. Absolutely. I've, uh, let me see. The, um, there we go. On Apple. <clears throat> you want to check it out? I don't know how many of you remember the show. It was a while ago, but it was um, it was a great show. And if you've ever it seen... Really was. I mean, the Secrets of Playboy thing, like I said, I've seen about five of the 12 episodes. There's a lot of shit that most people didn't know. You know, the, the, the more general public didn't know about what was going on. Um, it's definitely interesting. And now, obviously, with Hefner dead and, you know, Playboy in different hands and all that, people are more apt to uh, talk about the things they went on than back when, you know. He didn't like that sort of thing. He could punish people for run their mouth in his view. So. So what's your take on the whole secrets of playboy so far? There's still, I mean, like I said, even like back in the day, I was interested in playboy and like the story. My dad had subscriptions for a long time. And, but even since then, and me being someone who's on the internet a lot, there was a ton of stuff that, you know, just, I had no idea that was going on. And it was like constant and persistent and his, especially his constant pursuit of more pleasure, um, you know, wilder shit, you know, however you want to put it. It's a, uh, it's a weird, I guess, case study for lack of a better phrase. And someone who has access to like everything they've ever wanted. And if you have that for long enough. It's not good enough. So you need more of, you know, whatever. And, you know, the fact he's able to keep it up for all those decades is pretty mind blowing. In between the sex and the drugs and all that, he lived to be like what ninety. That's that's crazy. And it turns out, you know, he was uh, he was a piece of shit who destroyed a lot of lives, which is unfortunately, I guess, the norm for people like that is instead of the exception. And the thing is, is like it's nothing new. That's how a lot of people in power are. Like the packaging may look one way, but to get to the pretty package that you present to the world. There's a lot of shady, ugly things that go along with it. And like I said, most of the stuff I finished that whole, when it was like brand new secrets of playboy, almost everything on there I already knew. And yet there I was a girl in my twenties thinking that that was worth it. Like, Oh, whatever. It's just, two minute dick ride a couple times a week big deal like oh there's rules big deal like 
get me out of where I'm stuck. Like I want out. And at least it's like, I can be in this world. And I don't think people realize, especially younger generation, like how big of a deal Playboy was back in the day. Like I remember I used to go to their parties and I just thought I was so effing cool because I got to in because it was really hard. And um, being at the mansion, you get very mesmerized by like, it's like, I know a lot of people say this. It is, I understand why people say it's like a cult because even when you know the bad that goes into it, you're just, you still want in, you still want to be part of it. You still want to be a piece of it. And like, it's just crazy. It's just, it's so crazy. It's like, you don't care. You just, you want to be a part of it. And that's definitely who I was for a really, really long time. And I'm grateful that all the times it seemed like certain things would would happen for me to like get more involved there. I'm glad they didn't because I got to dip my toe. And now looking back, it's like, I could have gotten myself into some really ugly trouble. And so I'm really super grateful for that protection. Um, But I feel just like my whole career God allows me to have certain experiences that a lot of people don't get to have, like dipping my toe in the Playboy world um, to show me that that's not for me. Like there's more to it than meets the eye. And then that's why I end up having very, at times, aggressive opinions about things, whether it's Playboy or it's wrestling or it's the entertainment business. Um because I have been there. I'm not a person that no offense is sitting back and reading things online or seeing things on television documentaries. And then I have this like opinion and I just go all hard. It's like, no dude, I was there and I saw it and I experienced these different things, especially with the wrestling world, you know, for sure. I got way more involved in that than I ever did with Playboy. And it's like, I don't think people understand, especially because I only have like my 15 minutes of fame, really like, on mainstream television, the rest of it was independent. So I get it. I get why people think I'm just this like annoying girl with these bitter opinions and all this, but it's like, it's not bitter opinions. Don't get me wrong. There was a time I was bitter because I couldn't believe that that was the deal. And so I was hurt. So yeah, I was bitter about it. I was like, wait a second. This isn't how it's supposed to be. Same thing with Hollywood. It's not supposed to be this way. I thought you show up, you work hard, you do you know, you pay your dues and they're like, whatever, but that wasn't the case. And so it's like, because I was there, it was my livelihood for so long. That's why I feel the way I do. That's why I have my strong opinions. And what's interesting is going back to the girls next level podcast, just today's episode that um, I finished up, Bridget says, You know, I always had more so a positive experience, but now that I'm revisiting these episodes, my opinion has changed. And I really related to that because 
that's how I, again, felt about wrestling. Like, even though I saw these things that we've talked about on our show, I'd look the other way. Oh, it's not for me, but whatever. And like, whatever. But then when it started to affect me and my livelihood and my mental health and my spiritual health, that's when it became a problem. And a lot of that didn't happen until years after I got fired, years after I decided to quit wrestling. Like, that's when it all set in because when you're in this bubble where you're seeing people get away with things and it becomes normal. So you don't think of it twice. You just think, ah, so-and-so being so-and-so, so-and-so being so-and-so like with the playboy stuff. Oh, it's just Hefner being Hefner. That's how it is. Like whatever the excuses. And it's like, no dude, when you're not in the bubble anymore, you just see in a totally different light. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions of me is that's what happened is I got out of the bubble of wrestling. I got out of the bubble of entertainment and I was able to take a step back and really see what was up. That's why I got so depressed. That's why I gained weight. I was unmotivated for so long because I was out of the bubble and I was dealing with the aftermath of that bubble being popped. Yeah. Another thing I noticed, at least I said, as I said, five episodes in, and they talk to people almost exclusively, except for like the one woman, all of the dudes are like, yeah, Hefner was cool. He was my buddy. It was awesome there. And almost exclusively, like again, like I said, except for that one woman, all the women are like, it fucking sucked. It was horrible. It was like hell on earth, etc. And I'm sure it's that way the rest of the, <clears throat> the rest of the series as well the different perspectives on, you know, who was having a good time at the mansion and who wasn't. Yeah. And what was really um, cool, I guess, to hear is I remember being told that when it was just the three girls doing girls next door, that there came a time where Hefner was really only having regular sex with Holly and I couldn't believe it. I thought, no way. But then Holly breaks down on the podcast versus she didn't do it on YouTube, which I understand why, because YouTube's just a, a platform, a different entity. You can't really be totally free on there. Hmm. Um, she talked about how she hated what came with it and having to have the orgies every week and all this. So she slowly took it upon herself to like get rid of it. And she pretty much did. And mm -hmm. so I thought that was pretty cool that like, and then it makes me think, well, no wonder why there's girls out there that have issues with her and talk crap about her and put her down online. It's because she changed things to make it better. And I can relate to that too. I'm not saying that I changed anything in wrestling, but me just exposing my journey um, has gotten a lot of, and maybe like going back to Renee Dupree, maybe that's why he doesn't like me because I've been running my mouth for how many years about different situations and different people. So maybe his opinion of me changed. I don't know. But like, I it just, like I said, that made me make sense of these different people who have these different, issues with me because like when I was in TNA for example there was a group of girls and all of us other girls did call them the mean girls and they're very clicky and they're proud of it 
they used to even call themselves all oh, worth the click and blah, blah, blah. they were very entitled and it was really hard for me for a long time even years after tna because those girls are girls that are big names in wrestling and they get respect but it's like little do people know the ugliness that they how they would be especially towards the other girls you know and it just makes sense now more than ever like i didn't play along i didn't I didn't, I wasn't down with the program. And that's why they had this like, oh, Shelly. It's not like, because I'd always be like, well, what the hell did I ever do? And I've confronted them. Like, what's your problem with me? And they always say that it's nothing. They always say that they like me. And that would just make me just be like, oh my God, that's just, do you know, like, how you've been to me? I'm not stupid. Or I've heard about the things you've said about me. Like, like you can't tell me just say i don't like you bitch like just say it like but it couldn't but now i realize it's because i wasn't down with the program and they very much were and that's fine and when i hear these stories about people like holly where people like put her down or say whatever have bad things to say about her it totally makes sense now because it's like she was trying to change the program up so not as much uh ugliness was going on you know and then the playboy um secrets of playboy i don't know if you got into it yet but there was a main girl girlfriend in the 70s i think and she talks about how she holds that guilt still of like recruiting girls to come upstairs and you know encouraging them or whatever because she was just so brainwashed and I don't know. I don't think everybody's down to do that. Even if that's how they feel, they're not willing to get on camera and take accountability like that. And I've always been a person that I'm down to take accountability. I've done some crappy things in my life. I made some very bad decisions, but I take accountability for them. I'm not trying to hide from it. And I think that's what a lot of these girls in entertainment, they feel guilt and shame. So instead of just shutting the F up and just treating people kindly, <laughs> they're like bitches about it. And then I'm the one get, like, that gets labeled as the bitch because I don't like this one. I don't like that one. I won't shake that one's hand. I roll my eyes at that one. It's like, oh, well, oh, well. <laughs> so there's no easy way to segue from talking about Playboy to cartoon characters. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> We'll just move into the cartoon character discussion. We talked for a few weeks about uh, doing some kind of contest or whatever to try to find the most annoying cartoon character. And obviously, I went and did some research because that's, that's the type of guy I am. I do research on stupid things. And I can't believe that I forgot about this cartoon character. This cartoon character is so annoying. It makes me kind of feel bad about even having a discussion about it because there's nobody that can be more annoying than this cartoon character. And I, I can't, I, for the life of me, I don't know why I didn't think of him. Caillou. I don't know if you're familiar with Caillou, Shelly. This child, my daughter is 12 now, so I watched a lot of Dora the Explorer, watched a lot of Caillou, I've seen many, many episodes of all those shows. Caillou was a show that I wouldn't let her watch anymore 
because it's this the cartoon character Caillou, the main character, is so fucking annoying that I had fear that she would start acting like him. So I wouldn't let him let her watch anymore. Basically, if anybody's never seen the show, and Caillou is famous on the internet for just being a little piece of shit. He's not like Dennis the Menace or anything like that. Nothing cool. He is whiny, entitled. Everybody has to do everything for him. He cries at the drop of a fucking hat. No matter what's going on, he'll start whining and crying about it. And his family's not rich. It's, there's, it's not like part of the storyline. He's he's entitled. Like he's some rich kid. He's just some middle-class kid who just whines about every single fucking thing in the world. And I cannot think of any other cartoon character that could possibly beat him. I say he's famous. He's famous for that. Being a bitch. So, uh, by the way, we're looking at this ranker uh, ranking of annoying cartoon characters. Dora the Explorer is number two. Like I said, I saw a lot of Dora the Explorer. I never really considered her annoying. She's just really, you know, positive and upbeat and like gung-ho about getting where she wants to go. <laughs> getting her destination. <laughs> it's like her thing. So it never got on my nerves. Um, I don't know who Princess Morbucks is. My daughter watched some Powerpuff Girls. So, I mean, I guess I should, but I don't. Uh, are you familiar with Powerpuff Girls, Shelly? You know, I am, and I don't know who this Princess Morbucks is. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm some crazy huge fan, but I've watched Jason yeah. Amal, and I don't know. And Dora, I cannot stand that little bitch. So <laughs> I, I don't know who that Caillou is. And you just explaining his character sounds a lot like people nowadays, and that gets on my nerves. So maybe That's a lot of them grew up watching that person. That's what worried me. That's why I wouldn't let her watch anymore. I just, I couldn't. Nothing to do with any kind of violence or anything like that. It's just that character. I did not want her emulating that character in any way, shape, or form. And that show lasted forever. I don't know what it was trying to teach people. I don't know what the point was. It wasn't one of those shows where, like, you know, there's some grand moral, like, lesson to be learned. It was some fucking whiny kid crying about something multiple times an episode every week. Ugh. I hate him already. Um, Never seen an episode. <laughs> I guess Jar Jar Banks is technically a cartoon character, even though he started in the movies. Uh, they've done cartoons that have featured him. Never been big on Arthur. No. Um, Breadwinners. So I know a lot of these. And a lot of these are kids shows as well. They don't. I don't think they encompass the. Um, I guess what we would call adult cartoons. Like The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, King of the Hill, things like that. Uh, obviously, Normal. Um, everybody knows Normal. Normal's been in every Garfield thing forever. A lot of these I just I don't know. Dexter's Laboratory. My daughter didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Tiny Tunes. Now, a lot of people probably remember this. People in our age range. Um, Elmira was the one who hugged and squeezed all the animals. Um that they obviously hated. Again, breadwinners, almost naked animals. Oh, Pearl, she's not that bad. <laughs> she's number 14 from SpongeBob. <laughs> I, I don't know any of these. Diego from Dora the Explorer. No, is he annoying? 
He's always struck me as a, a male version of Dora. Well, then, yes. The, I don't, I'm not too familiar with Dora the Explorer because she got on my nerves so effing much. I just want to, like, punch her in the face. Little bitch. <laughs> so I don't know what to get, She was going to get where she was going, and she's going to explain to you in detail how she did it. What steps she took to get there. <laughs> um, Angelica, oh, congrats. Grappy. He's so right. He's cute. That's hilarious. Oh, Peggy. Peggy's 21. Oh, yep. Uh, she's also, according to this, number 61 of the best TV moms of all time. So those that's people who like having narcissistic mothers who only care about themselves. Oh, okay. I mean, that's what they're used to. <laughs> Identify. Clarence, uh, regular show. Mr. Fraud from Bob's Burgers. Yeah, he's pretty annoying. I don't watch that show. He's funny, though. But he whines a lot. Some Cinderella characters. Candace from Phineas and Ferb. She's more of a narc. But I guess that is annoying. The Shmoo. I don't know what the Shmoo is. <laughs> I've never heard that before in my life. You know, I saw something. I think it was Vince Russo who had tweeted out not too long ago. That he had learned that Cartman was supposed to be, like, modeled after Archie Bunker. Is that right? Really? I mean, I guess I can kind of see it. I don't. I can't stand that little bitch. But He's I like, like Archie Bunker. I'm not saying everything he does is right, but I like Archie. I guess more of, like, the, um, uh, the, the hating people, hating immigrants, shit like that. That Carmen gets into, but um, who knows? The fat controller from Thomas the Tank Engine in France, he's pretty annoying. Oh, Thundercats, I love Thundercats. Missed you know, when I was a girl, I'd watched them, but I don't remember one, I can't tell you one episode. I don't remember much about Snarf, he was a lesser character, yeah. None of these, um, this list doesn't have, like I said, the adult cartoons. Oh, Chris Griffin from Family Guy. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I think everyone in Family Guy is annoying. Swiper. Dora was number two in Most Annoying. Swiper was only on number 44. <laughs> no, he did was steal shit. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Brainy Smurf. Oh, mom. On future mom, Friends. she's great. I love mom. She's a bitch, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's a bitch. Uh, she don't care. Junior, he's pretty annoying. Oh, baby Huey. I can't. Lumpy space princess. I never watched Adventure Time. Adventure Time is supposed to be this big time, like stoner favorite. As far as a cartoon, but I never got into it. Millhouse. Yeah. Oh, there's olive oil, 57. She should be up in the top 10. <laughs> for sure. Poochie, come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Roberta from Cleveland Show. 
Gargamel, May 67. Boots from Dark Explorer. Ah. Uh, damn, Lucy only made 73. She That's should crazy. be up here too, I feel. She's really nasty. Captain Planet made number 78. Jokey. Well, there's a lot of cartoons I've never heard of. I can't believe um, Longhorn, Foghorn, or whatever is on here. Foghorn, Longhorn, whatever his name is. Quagmire, Steve Smith, Meg, Griffin. Yeah, it doesn't look like he made it. SpongeBob, oh, 99. SpongeBob, he's a sweetheart. He's just a little dense. <laughs> well, anyway, we'll see how that shapes up. We'll see how the whole, like, how we do it and who we include and all that shit. Ugh, Peggy Hill needs to be top five. <laughs> In my book, she's number one, but top five at least. I don't know about this business where she ranked. And what's crazy is um, when my hatred truly grew for Peggy Hill, which was this year. And I think it's because that's when this year I really started to die, re-dive back into King of the Hill. Like, you know, sometimes you fall off with things that you like anyways. Like, you just get caught up in different things. So this was the year where I really revisited the office and um, King of the Hill. That's why I've been so vocal about my dislikes, the characters I don't like on there. Um, so it really bothered me about Peggy, especially because it's like a cartoon. So I was like, what, how can a cartoon make me so angry? This doesn't make sense. So I would sometimes like put in Google, why do I hate Peggy Hill? I hate Peggy Hill just to make sure I wasn't the only one. Like maybe I'm the problem. That's what I was thinking. And so it was really interesting seeing, first of all, I wasn't the only one, but seeing how many people liked her. I was very confused by it because like she's just so full of herself and like that ranking of being like a good TV mom. Like I just couldn't believe that the episode where Bobby ends up getting like a kind of half-assed girlfriend. She's a little older than him. And then he ends up bringing up to Peggy how he doesn't really ever see her and Hank be physical, like holding hands and affectionate like that. And so when the girl ends up breaking Bobby's heart, she was just like, well, she says something to the effect of like, well, I guess it just wasn't that um, big of a connection anyways. Like how mean, like your kid is going through a broken heart, even though you know better and you, you saw it happening a mile away, that's not good parenting. And there's lots of times where she's just, she treats Bobby like, how when girls are real catty and put each other down and like, ugh, like, how do you do that to your kid? Like that's nasty. So I don't understand how she's like a good TV mom when she's a <laughs> bitch, she's a bitch. And like even Hank Hill, who's like loves her so much. There's been episodes where he tells her like, you think a little too highly of yourself and all this. And there's an episode where, she goes to, I think, Mexico, and she's tutoring this guy's um, daughter. And the whole episode is she's thinking the husband is after her. And it's like 
no, like he has this beautiful wife. It's not about you. It's just like she gets so caught up in thinking everything's always about her, that everybody wants her. And even that episode about um, Bobby liking this older girl, um, the little girl looked nothing like Peggy. She had like blonde hair. She was supposed to be like real cute. And then when she's like, oh, she's, she looks just like me. No wonder why he has this obsession with her. And it's like, no, you look like an old ass lady. And in the episode, there's an episode where she ends up seeing like she's 41. I was like, ooh, she's supposed to be 41 with that old grandma hair and the culottes. Like, get the F out of here, you dumb bitch. So I don't know how people like that character. And uh, Here's the thing. When she started to get on my nerves, even before I revisited, she looks a lot like this woman I used to work with back in the day. So long story short, when I got into wrestling, I was told that either I wanted to be in entertainment, like a model actress or a wrestler. They made me like choose like, oh, if you really want to be a wrestler, you got to dedicate yourself to wrestling. So there was a time I like, took off of like modeling and acting and I went to get a real job. So I was working at General Electric. I was the data entry girl. And um, to this day, I'm still friends with my old boss and my coworker. They'll never see this, but shout out Joey Gallo and Janice. And um, there was this time where there was like this turnover where um, a boss that was there for a really long time, which wasn't in my department, was going to be retiring. And this lady in the office was going to take over his job. And then um, this lady was so weird. And she looked like a real life Peggy Hill. Like the hair, the glasses, the outfits. Like totally. And so what she would do is like she was just a fake ass bitch. Like she would like once in a while, like I would say... 30% of the time she would try to engage with me, but the rest of the time she would like throw me looks and all this. And so (laughs) one day I just had it with this bitch. (laughs) So (laughs) my boss at the time, I used to talk to him because we, me and Joey Gallo and Janice, we used to have lunch together a lot. And um, I kind of think that, this Peggy, real life Peggy Hill, she didn't like how tight me, Joe and Janice were. I think a lot of people in the office didn't because we had fun. We had each other's back. We didn't get caught up in drama because there's little dramas just like on the office. Like there was a secretary that was messing around with the warehouse guy. And that's why I love the office so much because even though it wasn't paper, it was general electric. A lot of the stuff that happens on the office, even though people think like, oh, it's just, Oh, it's a show that would never happen. No, like in that, in that workplace, I saw it go down. And so, um, I remember Joe would say, (laughs) you know, if you just go and close the door, there's no, there's no witnesses. You could like, (laughs) he would egg me on my boss. And so one day I just had it with her and I went in her office and I closed the door and I said, you know, 
I understand, like, if you don't like me, that's fine. We don't have to, like, like each other. But something called office etiquette. And when you're rude, throwing me little looks and staring me down and all this when you're walking by my cubicle, like, that's not having office etiquette. And you're older, so, like, you should know better. Like, I went off on this bitch. <laughs> and she just was, like, staring at me or whatever. Well, then, like, shortly after that, Joe ended up finding a better job. So then he was leaving. So there was, like, no manager for my department. And as soon as they put her temporarily in charge, I just remember going to work one day. And the temp agency that sent me there was outside of the building. And they're like, oh, you know, they don't need you anymore. And they tried to make it seem like it was still a temp job. But I had been there for over a year. So it was not just a temp job. <laughs> and I got fired. But <laughs> there was a long time, like, when King of the Hill came out, like, I kind of had bad feelings towards Peggy because I was like, dude, she looks like that lady. Like, that lady totally looked like her. And so that was my first, like, gripe with Peggy Hill. And I think that's why... I kind of just like dismissed her behavior because I was just like, oh, she just reminds me of that chick, like with the hair and everything. That's why. But revisiting, I'm like, no, she really is like that bitch. She's a bitch. <laughs> uh, um, I sent you a link to a, a search on YouTube for Caillou videos. Oh, boy. <laughs> Have fun with that. Oh, no. It's probably going to make me mad. <laughs> fucking kid man oh man so anyway another great show they're all great shows if you don't subscribe obviously you're not seeing this but if you do subscribe thank you very much and tell the people too people you have to know people who don't so tell them say hey you know what you should do subscribe to this show because it's awesome absolutely com. so awesome that the things that were bothering me I didn't even bring up because I had a good time. There you go. There's Stay, always tuned next week. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week because these things that have been weighing on me that have made my week, you know, <laughs> kind of like for the last month, people, as Jerry Seinfeld says, they're the worst. And people mess things up. And that's what I'll be talking about next week. I'll make a note to bring up my, uh, why I hate people. And there you go. Perennial um, evergreen uh, problem as it is. People <laughs> suck. And they do. So, I don't want them to suck. Wow. I don't, but they do. Yes. <laughs> and then when they go into it thinking like, okay, don't let just a couple people ruin it. And then I give people chances. Mm -hmm. I'm always the one that gets screwed. Like, Every single time. Like, that's just it. And that's why now I just keep to myself. We've talked about it before. You've related. Just keep to myself. I'm cool with some people. But I just I just do my thing. If things are bothering me, I just figure them out. I don't get on the phone or whatever and start bringing people in. Like, like we've totally had a show about that. And... I used to be that way because I didn't want to believe that everyone's that way. But for the most part, it is, especially when you're a giving person. And then I've just gotten to the point in the last like five years where it's like, I'm done giving. Like, I can't like, it's not three strikes you're out. It's one strike. You're okay. 
you don't get access anymore. That's it. I have no time for two more strikes because you'll give them to me. That's right. More life advice. Another reason to subscribe. If you're not, I don't know why. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> crazy. China2.com. Shelly, thank you very much. And uh, see you next week. Adios.